Okay, this is this has been a long time. <laughs> I don't know we filmed an episode of this. We oh start start the video, dude. This Eid has just been all over the place. I don't know how to explain it. We we've been awake since so since what six something like yeah seven yeah it's eleven twenty. We just we this is our second time recording because our first time someone forgot, no don't don't put this on me. It was you. Don't put this on me. Thanks. Anyways. <laughs> So welcome to the second episode of Monday Mic'd Up. I'm gonna go start off um, going around the clock and who we have. Um, the clock. Yeah, with the t- I'm just tall. I'm sorry, bro. Just just name, age, <laughs> occupation, school. If you go to it. my so, bio data. My name is Muhammad Ibrahim. You know I call him Mo. Money Mo. Don't call me Mo. I hate it. <laughs> my age. I'm 23 years old. I'm a tech consultant and and I live in Austin. Yeah. And he's like, he looks kind of, can I, can I say that on this? I'm going to say it on here anyways. Okay, go. <laughs> Hello, my name is Basil Ahmed. Then why are you saying uh, your name like that? Because he said it like that. That's true. <laughs> so I'm 19 years old. Uh, 6'3 D1 Hooper. All right, no, 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 we don't. <laughs> be honest. We got that? a camera on you, bro. You can't I go to UTD. That's What's it. your major? Uh, ITS, Information Technology. Mm, that's going to be perfect for this episode. <laughs> Next my up. name is Abdulazim Tabani. I Dang, am he in put his old gubby out there, bro. I'm 17 years old. Inshallah, we'll be graduating this December. And uh, yeah. All right. So these are these are also known as my cousins. Um, you know, mostly my cousins because you guys are related to me, and I'm the greatest to ever you know exist. Um, the rhyme I've I've known for for probably the longest time. Considering I'm the oldest, yeah, I would yeah. really hope you've known me for the longest time. It would be a problem if you I didn't. didn't. I didn't think about it when it came out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, interesting thing about Muhammad Ibrahim. We, we already went over this, but like I forgot to hit the record button. So this is kind of like our second time. But he, he has lived, he's living he's living in Austin now. You're, uh, how long have you been living there? It's been 10 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How's that been? Inshallah. It's been fun, honestly. I, uh, I moved originally. I wanted some more responsibility. Right, I, I basically lived with my parents for my entire life, went to college in Dallas, yeah. so I'd commute. I just wanted to live on my own for a bit and be independent, and it's been it's been really eye-opening. I met some really cool people, I've done some really cool things, and yeah. it's only getting better. It's kind of crazy, because, again, I'm going to reiterate this, you're brown. Yes. <laughs> like, I can't explain how big of a cultural norm that this is, break, like, that you've broken, which is mm-hmm. kind of, like, crazy. Along with the ear piercings, but that's more religious than it is culture, so I'm not going to touch on that. Um, yeah, but yeah, moving out thing. What do you mean when you say like more responsibility? I, I think anyone growing up in a brown household will agree. As a as a man, there are certain responsibilities you're just not allowed to participate in. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right? Like cleaning, cooking. My mom would always tell me I shouldn't focus on that. I should focus on school. I should focus on getting a good job and eventually get married. You know the whole like prototypical script. Yeah. And for me, I just wanted to know what it was like to do all of that on my own. Which is kind of crazy because we kind of lived really opposite lives, if you think about it. Because my mom was always forcing me, hey, you know, she's like, I hope the dishes, like, or, you know, like cooking or anything like that. And, you know, like ever since that's like kind of developed like a passion for cooking and stuff like that. But I guess that kind of like drew the line where of differences between us because your mom was always babying you can I, am i allowed to say that yeah, yeah. okay because your mom really was babying you. i remember like we used to go to the parties and that was and stuff like that with your mom and she would always be giving you the food 
You know, yeah. like she would literally take out a play for you, and I would I would make fun of you so so much for that. Yeah. Me and Basso, I remember that. Um, but we would always just stay making fun of you, you know, stuff like that. But it's kind of crazy because you've come like a really long way, and I feel like your journey to where you even got is so inspiring to not only me, but to you know everybody that is in this room. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he looks over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go closer. What do you say? I said it's not gonna be in the camera because I wasn't talking. So this is gonna be focused. No, on we're using that clip, bro. He yeah, was doing I, nasty. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't want to see that. You but I, I, that. I appreciate the kind yeah. words, and I think you know, going back to it, I really developed a penchant for self development. Mm-hmm. Like I really want to be a better person, just a better human being. Where did that come from, though? Like, did you just, were you just, like, there one day and you were like, you know what? Boom, that's, like, you woke up one day and you were like, damn, like, I really just want to change who I am now. It was a cultural thing, right? One day, it's not one day I woke up. I think I grew up in a very conservative, religiously conservative private household, right? And I went to religious high school, yeah. surrounded by brown people. I live in a very brown suburb. Right. So for me, it was always brown people, brown people, brown people. And um, eventually when I went to college and I I began working part time and I I met other people with different cultures, different experiences, I saw that they had skills that I either lacked or that I just didn't understand why they had them. And for me, it was I was so curious. I wanted to learn how to do that. And that just along the way, like it became me wanting to be better. Was it always like a comparison thing where you would continue to compare yourself? At first it was. It was definitely a comparison thing. Okay. I think I think I can relate with that. At least at least somewhat because growing up I would always get compared to either Basel or you. Because you guys were, you know, born you guys were in this prestigious like, you know, school for like religious aspirations and stuff like that. And I was just, you know, so in public school and stuff like that. So I can definitely see the comparison thing. I don't know if you ever did. You ever go through any 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 like comparison? Yeah, do your parents compare you to yeah. any of us? All the time. Do which they really? one? Which one's the one? <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's not a which one. It's a whatever situationally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always situational. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, and you do, you don't look at the whole picture. Just whatever whatever is happening in that moment. Exactly. There's no context. There's yeah. no, no context. context. I think that's everyone though. They just get like okay. Out of like out of just pure curiosity, who do you think you've gotten compared to the most? Like out of uh, ever, out of everyone in this room, who do you think you've gotten compared to the most? Probably, I don't know. It's kind of even between you two. Okay. Like, it's never Azim though. For, <laughs> I mean, Azim, we weren't. We're not like yeah. That that. No, for tight. me, it's always been Abdul Majid. Really? For me, it's always been him and Sami. Really? What do your parents why is, say? And why you, is that? And you. Why? <laughs> because I like at one point, like before, you know, you got earrings and all that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they stop comparing the two. <laughs> before I became like enemy number one in every yeah. brown so like, I know my, my, like, no, my mom and my dad, they never like no one talks shit about you like that. You know, they always like said like it's your life and there's phases people go through. Which shit. I respect. And honestly, like I have to give you props. It takes some balls and nerves to like what you for what you did like yeah. no one has the balls to do that i don't think any of us do here so well i mean i problem. feel like this is a pretty big risk right it's here, a huge risk like yeah. social media wise you know especially well, it definitely like, is because yeah. you're kind of putting yourself out there no exactly and like I, I was i've never the type of person to like put myself out there like you know you guys have known me for like my, my yeah. entire life we lived together <laughs> at one point and you know i've never been the type of person like along like close friends and stuff like that i'll always like be more outwards and outgoing and stuff mm-hmm. like that but privately 
I think I've never really done a thing where like I'm talking literally to a microphone, you know, and going on about like problems and stuff like that. It's just, it's just not me, you know. This is this is a learning curve. I don't think this is something that's like worth hiding hiding though. And I don't know how you guys feel about this, but like when it comes to my ear piercings, when it comes to me moving out, um, and mostly like ninety percent of what I talk about openly, I just kind of see it as a lesson, right? Something like other people could either learn from or mm-hmm. understand why. Yeah. There's a 10% that I don't want to talk to about to just any stranger. Yeah. Right? But I don't see a lot of my life as something that needs to be hidden behind. Like, it's not restrictive or, oh my God, it's going to come across a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's just, why? it's not a big deal to me. It never has been. Well, yeah, but again, you know, I think that kind of comes from where you grew up. You know, and how you grew up and stuff like that. You, you've always been very open with your family. You know, as far as I can remember, like, I think you and your parents have, like, an amazing relationship. I, I don't know. I think I've been open with my family a lot more recently. Mm-hmm. But I think it just... My mom always really wanted us to be honest. My mom does not enjoy lying. I personally don't enjoy lying. So, First Brown would ever not enjoy lying. <laughs> it's just never been something like if it's a big issue, then yeah, I've lied about a few things to my parents. But you know, for the most part, small you hear things. That <laughs> but for the small things, it's, I've never been like ashamed to be honest with my parents. If yeah. I got a bad grade or if someone did something to me, I didn't like it, for example, or I wanted to do something. Like my parents always wanted us to be honest, and they didn't really punish us all the time for it. Yeah, I think f- I w- I was afraid mainly for the sole fact of disappointing them i think um like if i ever had a bad grade in like my college class or anything like that i would like not tell them until like it was forced out of me which was really bad because i feel like if i had just opened up like in the very beginning i I wouldn't have like this issue and stuff like that but you know me hiding it really did cause a lot of like external problems and stuff like that but again like honestly it's just key you know like i feel like the older i got the better relationship with parents I got especially if that makes sense. I don't know if that was the same for you guys, right? Do you think it's a support system thing, boss? I want you to chime in here because, like, for me, I grew up like my sister is a huge part of my support system. I've always oh, yeah. been a hundred percent honest with her. She knows almost everything about me. Oh yeah, and she's always supported me in the decisions I make, even though she doesn't agree with me. Yeah, and I know you don't have an older sister, Basel and Azim. You're the oldest child in your family. Yeah. Abdulmajid, your sister, and you have a. a I don't even know what your relationship is. It's a developing relationship. It's a developing relationship. But do you think that's impacted the way you've been able to open up to other people? Yeah, definitely. definitely. I definitely have to agree with that. I'm also here. Let's let's take turns here. I want want Basel to go first. Yeah, it's just... uh, I think you're just... Maybe it's the way you grew up, but you're just more of a blunt person. I think not... not, I don't know about with (laughs) your parents, but even in like public with our family, you're more blunt. And, um, you know, I think being honest uh, with your parents and stuff, your sister probably helped a lot. Being the oldest child and stuff... Yeah, I, I I would I would say I never really had that. Uh, I was just kind of on my own or something because uh, my my younger brother is is a lot younger. Uh, so when I was growing up, I didn't really talk to him about you know all that all those problems. So I I think it really it kind of did cause problems and it it like kind of confused me on how to handle certain situations. And that kind of kind of begs me to answer the to ask the question like, growing up we were we weren't like you know the best. You know, like, obviously, we had the cousin fights and everything like that, like everyone usually does. But I want to ask something. If it's not too personal, you don't have to a- answer it. Like, why did you not decide to, like, come to either me if we're a boss or me if I'm on the room or something like that? Like, was it just, like, a personal type thing? or? I think it's more of, like, a personality type thing. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I, I don't really like 
you know talking about my problems it's not like at first i thought it was a trust thing that you know i don't i don't trust anyone i have trust issues but the older i got I, I kind of like felt like that wasn't it like i'm like i do i do trust these people you know i would i would trust them telling these things but it's just something i, I didn't feel comfortable with and i tend to like you know handle or deal with problems on my own or try to um if i can and that's worked in some uh, some certain circumstances but it's also caused uh caused some problems because you know when the bigger stuff arises you know the bigger bigger you know mental battles yeah. stuff like that that i think everyone has um i've never been a person to like go out and seek seek help you know take initiative to seek yeah. help and i think that's something i do need to improve on but it's just you know i think i can I, I can see that coming now because like the way that you're avoiding eye contact when we are talking and stuff yeah. like that it shows a lot about deflecting but i'm really glad that you were taking this step like you know into moving up because moving up is never easy you know for anyone you know absolutely anyone somebody's just lying there boring. i think it's hard to open up in the first place right yeah once again i've been blessed to know some wonderful people in my life yeah and azim i want to hear hear this as well so for me honestly i've never been i never opened up to anybody i always fought my demons on my own i would never ever like tell anyone my problems even today i barely problems only people i ever talk about my problems is to you guys because i feel like i could trust you i see all his brothers even though we're cousins i've never had any older siblings so i always considered even if i hijab i even growing up i said i always considered you guys as siblings i've never seen you guys as just cousins i've seen a, a lot um a, a passage in my life to talk to and you guys have a lot more experience than me in life so i feel like you know people that i could go to are you guys and i when i was younger i didn't even like talk to you guys as much and we know there's other reasons behind that but as i got older i felt like um there is people i could talk to but when i was younger never felt like i could talk to anyone and um i always thought i was i would get embarrassed by my family and like laughed and teased because like everyone in my family or most people they don't really open up about their problems either they just deal with it themselves so I think that, that that's where, like, the cultural part comes in. Because I think a lot of my personality I get is, like, from my dad. And, like, obviously you have personalities from both parents. You know, they're your parents. You know, it'd be dumb, it'd be dumb if you didn't have anything out of them. Unless you were adopted. Which, that's okay. Right? Yeah. Adoption's okay. Yeah, that's Maybe. normal. It's not I, want to, I want to adopt a child. Okay. We're, not now. We're, but... we're, we're going to touch okay. back on that in a minute. But uh, no, uh, a lot of the personality I got, I really think it is from my dad, which I think growing up in this household made me realize the rights and wrongs between marriage and the rights and wrongs of, you know, I think taking care of another person, taking care of yourself, especially, you know, um, I realized what was right and what was wrong, how to behave and how to tolerate people. Patience is such a big virtue in a brown household, I swear to God. I 100% agree. You know, I, I notice that now, it's even worse now yeah. because I'll go home, I'll come home after, mm-hmm. you know, a few months and I'll just be sitting at home with my parents while we'll be talking. My mom will say something and it'll like test my patience. Right. Right. <laughs> but in an odd way, I think the lack of or, or the creation of distance has actually strengthened my relationship with my parents. Really? Yeah. Because I think a lot of communication is nonverbal, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the communication that uh, for me... I talk to my parents almost daily, mm-hmm. right? On the phone, I'll FaceTime them. And I think them not having such a strict approach on me as, first of all, as I've gotten older, they've 
let me have more responsibility over yeah. my own life. I mean, you've moved out. Yeah, like, well, it's crazy. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but I think just in general, them knowing that um, they don't have full control over my actions now, that it's up to me, has strengthened my relationship with them. Because they, they fully trust me and I don't have to constantly deal with a lot of the pressure that I was dealing with back home, right? Mm-hmm. Of, hey, you have to be this way religiously or you have to come across this way religiously. Yeah. You have to come across this way as a person. Like, I can truly have my own freedom and the security that comes with that. And I think having that and then, of course, having my wonderful support system back in Austin, it's, it's just amazing. I think support systems are a really big thing, especially in like a brown household. I think one thing we do have to understand, though, is, you know, us and our parents, we grew up in completely different circumstances, right? So our method of communication, you know, it's all different. So when we might think something or we might think a certain way, they they won't always understand that. So we always have to, you know, we have to stay patient because, you know, they have different societal norms than us. So communicating that with them, we we also have to take initiative in doing that if we want them to understand where we're coming from. It definitely is communication. I'm going to agree with you on that. I think another thing of it is that our parents have lived, allegedly lived the life that we have already, like that we want to live, right? What do you mean? So, for example, like me wanting to go out with my friends and stuff like that. Or the last episode, we talked about staying over and sleepovers and stuff like that. We, I never got to do that, you know, because my parents were always like, you know, now, like, you know, this, this, this so, so, and so happens, right? Like, for example, like, uh, you do drugs, you do drinking, you know, stuff like that, you know? And, like, they've lived that life. And so they don't want us to make that same mistake. But that is the one thing that I can definitely have an argument on. Or debate on because I think that we should be able to experience our own mistakes and learn from them and our parents to be that support system if that makes sense I think I agree to an extent but you also have to understand that we'll never fully understand the way our parents perceive us oh yeah right like yeah. we don't understand how a parent's love is really unconditional yeah. in a sense right and we won't understand that and I think it's very easy to say and this is something I realize as I get older because I used to agree with you where I would tell my mom oh you did all of this when you were younger and now you've gotten older and now you don't want me to do those same things I think like a lot of the mistakes I've made a lot of the things that I've done that I probably shouldn't have done or that I've had to learn from those are things that could have gone very wrong for me but I got lucky in where I was in life with the people I was surrounded with And that's the reason why I'm safe and secure today. And I think my parents also understand that. It only takes one split second for everything to go wrong. And when you have such a strong relationship, especially in in a brown community where you emphasize family over almost everything, losing a child, losing a parent, losing Mm -hmm. anyone really close to you over something that could have been easily preventable is definitely a concern. The only problem is that it doesn't come across as a concern. It comes across as you know, strict helicopter parenting. Yeah, just adding on to what you said, I think perspective is the most important thing. Let's say like what you're saying uh, about like sleepovers, going out and stuff. Look at it from your parents' point of view. Let's say like, you know, you just say you want to go out. You don't provide that many details. Like what? what's going to go through their head? Well, yeah, I mean... That's why would, I'm saying communication Yeah, yeah, no, you would, definitely do, you would definitely provide like the reasonable amount of details, like who you're going out with, what you're going to do, what you're planning on doing and stuff like that. Being honest is definitely like a, a really good yeah. thing. I just think that no matter how honest I really was, 
There was never a chance for me to like you know explore that. But recently that's changed. Recently, what that about did you did you um, did you like build trust with them? I did. Now I did. Because I think it takes building that trust takes time. Yeah, after breaking a trust, it takes it's. Impossible. I, I don't think it ever goes back to normal. It doesn't. Like, you know, it really even doesn't. if it might seem like it does, at the back of everyone's head, like. Because you still that have trust that was doubt. once broken. Yeah. Yeah. You still have that doubt, you know, and that's, that's going to remain in anything despite who it is, you know, despite what color you are, despite what cultural like norm you're going through or anything like that. Trust is just something that is so difficult to get like broken into. And I know, I know that Azim can relate to that too. Cause especially me. Yeah. Because we've had some conversations about this, right? A lot. That's not just some, a lot of yeah. conversations. <laughs> Um, especially with uh, going th- even to your guys' house, like even this, you saw how hesitant like my mom was. Well, yeah, I mean that hesitation is always gonna come, um, especially because we, me and Mo are kind of known as like me and Mahomet. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I usually go by my last name, so this is weird. Well, we but both the, have the last yeah, name. we all have the same last we, name. Yeah, no, no, Basso doesn't. Well, Whatever. It's just it's literally just me and you. I don't know why he's not a real family member. Whoa, we're still first cousins. I don't know why my last name is different. (laughs) I think it's first cousins. cousins. Y'all can get married. Sorry. Well, what? 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 Anyways, yeah. What were you saying? (laughs) I forgot. I think we got way too off topic. (laughs) No, we did. Um, Cultural norms. Yeah. So it it trust is something that's like really impossible to like build up on. But me and Mo are kind of known as like the black sheep. In our family how are you known as the black sheep of how, the family what do you mean how are we known as the black I, sheep of i, I think so why people perceive me the way they do i right? think that's just recently because before yeah. he wasn't before he was the he was the hafiz he was like yeah. the last. he was the idol mo you were idol yeah I, I do i actually do get that quite a lot the idol or the no black not sheep? the idol just like the way people held me in high regard in our family extended yeah. family which obviously made me very uncomfortable Right, because I don't think being a Hafiz is some sort of sign of religious purity. First of all, I yeah. think anyone can 100%. become a Hafiz. Right, and I, I, and yeah, I'm a living example of that to an extent. But I think like, oh, brown people just hold s- small accomplishments on a pedestal. Oh my god, they have too high expectations. Bro, it's high not expectations. Even, it's not even accomplishments. They'll hold anything above your head, whether it's an accomplishment or whether it's a failure. That's what you're known by. No, but I'm saying like becoming a hafiz right it's not something it's difficult but it's not that difficult for those of you that don't know what a hafiz is it means that he's memorized like the entire quran by heart all 614 pages you want to you want to tell them how many houses for those two i wouldn't be able to yeah exactly he's a fake hafiz but (laughs) i think like oh this guy's a hafiz you should be like him that's not a valid comparison yeah first of all you shouldn't be comparing your kids in the first place 100 but it's the it's the equivalent of oh this guy's a doctor why aren't you a doctor Right. Well, comparison, I think, is something that a lot of kids have actually been through. I know I went through a lot of. I think I got all of us to, have been through this. We mentioned 100%. this earlier. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, I got compared to you a ton. I got compared to Basil a ton. I got compared to, uh, I got compared to Mahad a ton. Never something because you know something just. Like Back there. to the topic at hand, yeah, so. black sheep. I can understand why people perceive me as a black sheep. Right, me getting my ears pierced as a brown male in a very brown community is you know something that seems as outlandish as. Mm-hmm very feminine and so i agree they might not understand it it's a personal choice for me and i don't care what they say but i can understand why they perceive it the way they do and then me moving out right i'm brown man the only male in his family separating from his mother and father to live on his own is also seen as something that's not 
good. Because you're not married yet either. Yeah, because I'm not married yet. I wanted to live my life on my own. That's why I had you provide your biodata. Yeah. And so, like, I can understand why I would be seen as a black sheep. And I've had debates about this with my family and with Mm -hmm. others. But why would anyone perceive you as a black sheep? That that's something I'm not able to discuss on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's because of uh, what do you call it? Uh, maybe not your side of the family, but definitely like my dad's side of the family, mm-hmm. but definitely my mom's side of the family. I'm definitely known as a black sheep, and like my mom's side of the family, a hundred percent. Like based off like a like a certain amount of things and stuff like that. You know what's crazy? My mom's side of the family. I'm not very well connected with them. They're all back home in Pakistan, uh-huh. but. They'll make like comments about the piercings and me living alone, but they've been very oddly supportive in that sense. Like they've helped calm my mom down and and give her a different perspective, which is not something I expected from someone who grows up in a conservative Pakistani household. Right. So that's been very weird to me. I mean, again, you can't really, you can't really do anything like about that. You know, like it is what it is at this yeah. point. <laughs> uh, with that. Uh, this was episode two of Monday Mic'd Up. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. This was cut uh, short because we're constantly getting spanned with phone calls. It is cut short, a little bit short, but we also reached our episode time limit of what we were trying to do. A uh, really quick thing I really wanted to point out, though. Um, go ahead and go to RizzyJewelers.com. <laughs> Use code Monday for 50% off of any jewelry. Again, that's RizzyJewelers.com. Website is on your screen now. Mm-hmm. Um, and without further, further, for, without further ado... You butchered um, that? Yeah, we're not going to cut that. See you Anyways, next time. Stay brown-blooded. Bye. Stay brown-blooded. Yes, sir.